Podcast live and underway here on ESPN Plus alongside Hercules Gomez. I'm Sebastian Salazar. Lots coming up uh, in this show today. We got crazy, crazy transfer news. So we're going to give you all the latest on Matt Turner, Brendan Aronson, Paul Ariola. Plus, we got some big news from the women's game. A U.S. women's national team, all-time great, is back in the game via the coaching circuit. So we'll discuss Michelle Akers joining the Orlando Pride a little bit uh, later in the show. But let's start things off by welcoming in our good friend and colleague from ESPN Deportes, Aurao Nunca, where he's your co-host, Mauricio Pedrosa. Now, uh, when we sat down in the production meeting today, we said we're going to bring on Mao because at some point today, the Mexican national team is going to drop their roster. Now, as we are going to air shortly after 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, El Tri have not dropped their roster just yet, although we are expecting it at any moment. However, gentlemen, we can discuss what we do know at this point, and thanks yeah. to our a good friend, Gibran Araikev, we do know some details of what Tata Martino will be doing uh, for these upcoming three games against Jamaica, Costa Rica, and Panama. One, he tells us, Gerardo Arteaga will be back for the first time in six months. Diego Lainez in the team. Eric Gutierrez in the team as well. Carlos Salcedo not in the team. Remember, there was also some discussion about whether Rayados players would be available for all three games. Uh, they will be. Gibran Arraje says, other than that, there are no major surprises. So let's turn that into a quick rendition then of three questions. And Mauricio, I'll start with you with our first question. Is Tata Martino making a mistake by again leaving Carlos Salcedo, good friend of Football Americas, off the team? <laughs> uh, he's not. That's actually the right decision. My guess is if this is a 26-man roster, he's probably going to call between uh, maybe four or five center backs. And I'm okay if Carlos Salcedo is not one of them. I, I think we all have to agree that the pair that's going to start has to be Nestor Araujo and Johan Vasquez. Mm. Both have been... Uh, they have been playing regularly at Celta de Vigo and at Genoa, respectively. And I do believe they are in the best form. Now, I also know that Tata Martino is very happy with Hector Moreno's current form. And his experience in this kind of games plays a big factor why he's going to be a part of the team again. Now, the other question is, what about Iram Mier? He's about to play again with Chivas after a long injury. Same thing for Cesar Montes. Two youngsters who Tata Martino has a lot of faith in. So that leaves Carlos Acero out of the equation, even though he said right here on Football Americas that he actually talked to Tata Martino and they cleared the air after the incident during he the Gold Cup final. So I'm, I'm okay that he's not going to be called up because when he has played for Mexico, he has not been great. So mm. yes, that's the right decision. All these center backs have been great. Cesar Montes may be the only exception of a player that I've seen play with the Mexican national team and say, you know what? He's been great the games I've seen him play. Johan Vasquez hasn't even played very much for Tata Martino. If you're trying to tell me that there are four or five center backs that are better players than Carlos Salcedo, I'm not buying it. You just mentioned Iram Mir. I've got healthier knees than Iram Mir. Okay, so I don't know where that comes from. But man, Tata Martino needs to put his differences aside. He's one. Carlos Salcedo is one of many. He can't seem to do that with. Carlos Salcedo in his optimum prime when everybody's at their best is the best defender in this pool. And nobody can convince me of that otherwise. 
Salcedo hasn't been with the team no. since the Gold Cup. Of course, uh, it, it, you're seeing the images right here after a, an altercation on the sidelines with a member of Tata Martino's technical staff. He's yeah. basically been, been out of the team since then. Remember what he told us, though, on the show? He said he, he still did feel, guys, like part of the setup. And I think the exact words, Mal, you said, we forgive each other. That's right. what we said, which makes yeah. you think like, as you said, you know, um, the air is cleared. I'm with you, Mal. I'm with you. I want to see the younger center backs. I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah, and I will, I mean, of course I disagree with Herc when he says that there's no better <laughs> center back when everyone's at their top of their level. Uh, Nestor Araujo should be number one. I mm. put Johan Vázquez number two. He's, play, he's been playing fantastic at Genoa. And if Tata Martino likes Hector Moreno's like current form, then he's going to be a part of that. And, and my, yeah. my, my other concern with Carlos Salcedo is the following. When he's a great player. I'm not going to deny that right here. I'm not, I'm not that stupid. I might look stupid. I'm not that stupid. <laughs> but I'll say this. We, we call it in, in Spanish, es un volado. Okay. It's, it's a flip it's a of the coin. He yeah, can yeah. either give you a very good game or a very bad game. He can actually lose games for you if he's in a bad day. So hmm. I, I believe Tata Martino doesn't want to run that risk. With Carlos Salcedo. I mean, we want to go down the road of Cata Dominguez. We want to go on the route of Johan Vasquez, the two all-senior level games. Of Cesar Montes, who I think is a very, very good player. But you saw what he did at the U23 tournament uh, in Tokyo. There were some very rough moments out of him. Everybody makes mistakes. Hector Moreno's Mm -hmm. getting long in the tooth. Uh, I just feel if you're going to tell me there are four to five better center backs than him, I don't buy it. I just wonder if also the moment... Plays, plays a part here, and he is, looks like, in the middle of a move, right? From Tigres to Toronto FC. We wondered mm-hmm. how that would be received in Mexico by the technical staff. Maybe that's playing a part. Let's move to our second uh, of three questions here, and it focuses on a player that uh, Mauricio and I absolutely love, Diego Laines. So we're told by Irana Araige that he's going to be in the team. So what are our realistic, can we even say realistic expectations with this player? What are our expectations now <laughs> for Diego Linus in this international window, uh, given not just his current form, but also the opportunities that might creep up? We know Chucky Lozano, for instance, will not be available yeah. for that first game against Jamaica in Jamaica, Mao. It pains me to say what I'm about to say, and I don't want to break Sevi's heart this early in a World Cup year. But I think that we should have zero, none, zero, nada expectations for Diego Linus for this international break. He has only played 324 minutes in all competitions in this current season. He's obviously not great professional shape he might be good he might be okay physically he's not injured but I think it's very clear every time he's on the pitch with Real Betis he tries too much because he knows every chance he he has he has to make the best out of it if you want to translate that to a national team play World Cup qualifiers I think it's very risky. My guess is Tata Martino wants to see him in person, wants a one-on-one with Diego Linus, just to figure out where where his head is at right now. And if he likes what he sees, he might see some minutes. I just do not see Diego Linus right now being a big factor for for the Mexican national team. Mm. So he only played about 37.8 of the minutes, but he got three goals and an assist, and they were important goals and assists. Uh, one of them where he absolutely murdered Tim Ream in the Nations League final for CONCACAF. Yeah. There are players who seem to do well 
in one setup and not in another. And what do I mean by that? You guys remember Edu Vargas played for Tigres. At the club level, when he was in the Bundesliga, wherever he played, he didn't do that well. He wouldn't score that many goals. But with the Chilean national team, he was transformed. There are mm. players that put on the national team jersey and transform themselves. Diego Linus is a game changer. Diego Linus is a change of pace. He's a player that maybe won't start for you if you're Tata Martino. But not to bring him on? You don't have the luxury of players in the 1v1 setup in tight spaces like Diego Linus. You don't have that luxury to leave that type of player out. If Diego Linus can give you a good 15 minutes in one game in this window, it was mm. worth it because those 15 minutes may have been the difference in that game. Hmm. Hmm. Man, I, I, look, I love me some Diego Linus. I love me some Diego Linus. But I'm with you, Mal. I'm with you. I think we really can't expect all that much from him uh, in this window. Yeah, you know, zero goals in four seasons with Betis. Four, but you know, the number that worries me more is four appearances in the last season. Like he's flat out not playing. Uh, here's a player who is playing, although at a younger level, Marcelo Flores, who had a brace uh, against Bournemouth for Arsenal's under 23s. Herc, these are some pretty well taken goals. Well taken goals. He's a player that's very direct and very purposeful with his movement. He's a seems to be taking the best uh, his best case scenario, taking the most out of those advantages that are given to him, but he's still a U23 player. Let's not forget that. So these are his uh, third goal, second and third goals. So he's got three goals in his last two games um, for the Arsenal under 23s. Let's move to the third question. Now, how long until Marcelo Flores finally gets called up? We, we understand he is not in this call-up list. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at my watch, and if it was my decision, I would call him up immediately, right now. Herc just said one thing that is actually true and important. Mexico cannot afford the luxury of leaving talented players mm. behind, off the list. Now, I know he hasn't made yet his debut at the senior level with Arsenal, and Herc just said, yeah, but they're under 23. They're still professional players, and it's still football in England, so that... That, to me at least, says something about Marcelo. And the other thing is, you cannot wait for Canada to maybe present mm, to him mm. a better project that lures him into at least wondering, who do I pick, Canada or Mexico? I think the time is now. He has to be called up. He has to see some minutes because he's now 18 years old. And if he can tally some minutes with this, at the senior level with the national team, then there's no way back. He'll play for Mexico, and Mexico doesn't have that many, that many talented players at that age, at that level. So the answer is right now. Call him up right now, Marcelo Flores. Vamos a México ahora. I'm very split on this, and let me explain myself, okay? Part of me says, are, are you trying to tell me that Mexico is in the business of calling players up so other countries won't have them? That's what we're going to do? <laughs> but then the other part of me says he pertains to a very select group. He pertains to that group that's got an opportunity to debut with the full national team, then first team minutes, then the actual professional environment, a first team. And I'm talking about Jonah Dos Santos, Gio Dos Santos, Carlos Vela. That is a very elite group. Say what you will about them and on the field, off the field. When it comes to the national team, Giovanni Dos Santos is one of the win winningest players of all time. Carlos Vela is one of the most talented players. Jonah is very respected, so he's of that cloth. But if you're in the business of saying we've got a U23, but we got a player in the U23 system at Arsenal or at Liverpool or at wherever you may want, call them up, call them up, call them up. It defeats mm. the purpose of earning your place on the national team. 
I'd like to say con pausa, but I understand what Mal's saying of not having that luxury. I'm just thinking, is the body of work enough to say pull the trigger? Mal, go ahead. So the body of work is obviously not enough, but at the same time, you have to look back and wonder, does the national team have mm. enough good talented players at that age so you can actually say, go ahead, go try some different waters, and if things actually, uh, if, if, if pieces fall into place, then you'll play for us. We have, we, we have no idea. So if you can make him now a, a national team player for Mexico for the future, why running the risk of losing him in a, in, in a couple of years? And then turns out that he became this superstar that will mm. represent Canada in international tournaments. You cannot afford that luxury. They have, and I, and I know they want to do it, but they have to do it now. The time yeah. is now. And, and the moment is now, right? The context of the moment for the national team as well. If, if Mexico was flying right now, we would not be talking about Marcelo Flores. Mexico is not flying. They are not creating. So the desperate times call for desperate measures, and maybe you do it. As far as the race is concerned, the race potentially against Canada, Mao, and I'm glad you guys both brought this up. I wonder if the experience with Ricardo Pepe is not in the back of some people's mm. minds here at the Federation. Not necessarily the fact that they lost out on the player, but the months since, the Pepe hype train, the huge sale to Augsburg, the record-setting transfer, all that stuff to me, that's a big loss for Mexico. And I wonder if maybe that's going to influence some decision-making, maybe with Marcelo yeah. Flores and maybe with other dual nationals moving forward of, as you say, Mal, taking the opportunity when you can call them in, cap-tying them, and taking them off the table for a team like Canada, which we know right now can offer a very attractive project. All right, speaking of very attractive projects, you should be watching Ahora Nunca, Monday through Friday, every single day on ESPN Deportes with Hercules Gomez and Mauricio Pedrosa Mao. As always, thank you so much for the time. Adios, amigos. Thank you. All right, Herc, in case you missed it, uh, Mexican midfielders taking center stage here in Holland. This is the cover of a Dutch football magazine. We got PSV and Ajax Sunday in the topper. Number one versus number two in the Eredivisie. Uh, PSV right now with a one-point lead. Eric Gutierrez and Edson Alvarez, your cover men here. Uh, Edson, not a surprise, but the story here really is Eric Gutierrez coming off a, a long, long spell of injuries. Now basically a lockdown starter for PSV. This is... Just as much as a surprise as when he was called up to the 2018 World Cup. Because people forget, he was a late call-up to that World Cup. He was on the World Cup team. He was a young buck then. He's not anymore. Uh, there are things expected of him, and he's actually been playing. I know I've had a laugh when they brought up Eric Gutierrez, but he comes from a very good setup within Mexico, the Pachuca setup. This is a guy that's of the generation of Chucky Lozano, of the generation, excuse me, of, of Pizarro, uh, of Jurgen Dam. He's one of those last four pioneers for that team, so I hope he does well. Yeah, you can make a case. It's uh, two of the most informed Mexican players right now, at least uh, over in Europe. PSV Ajax for first place in the Dutch top flight, uh, 20 games into the season, Sunday, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time on ESPN+. Also, Herc, Tecatito Corona making his La Liga debut with Sevilla in a 1-1 draw against Valencia on Wednesday. Came on in the 74th minute. He was very, very dangerous, very active, uh, but he did miss his kind of one big chance. Yeah, but he shows you how dangerous he can be in open space. There's a chance he missed. The reaction says it all. I don't know about you, but I'm thinking a Tecatito Corona maybe eight months ago full of confidence buries that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's a... Uh, 
It's a one-on-one, -on -one chance to go over the keeper. I think he makes the right decision to go over the top, just miscalculates on the angle there. Big drop points for Sevilla. They could have cut the, the lead between them and Real Madrid down to two points. The gap still four as we take a look at Tecatito's heat map on his La Liga debut. Uh, up next for Tecatito and Sevilla, it'll be Celta Vigo on Saturday. Okay, Herc, how about a quick edition of You Got CONCACAF? We go down to the Liga de Expansión in Mexico. Correcaminos against Mineros. Now, this game, uh, it was wide open, right? An end-to-end -end spectáculo. So much so that the ref, well, he needed a break. Hey, déjame recupero, c***. Tres contragolpes. <laughs> Herc, what do you make of it? He's an honest man. I mean, but these kids can run. They can move. Guess who can't? That guy in green in the center. <laughs> Look at him. Go ahead. Truck away. You can do it. This is the best part. Look where he decides to plan himself. What is he playing as a nine? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. First reported by our good friend Taylor Twelman, Arsenal have submitted an offer to the New England Revolution for the American goalie. ESPN reporting that offer is in the neighborhood of seven and a half to ten million dollars. So right around the Zach Steffen range. We know right now Aaron Ramsdale is the lockdown number one at Arsenal. Burn Leno is apparently Herc on his way out. So he this is? would be okay. a number two job for Matt Turner. Is this good news? or bad news from a U.S. men's national team perspective? Great news. Let's, you put this to bed. We put this to bed last window. Zach Steffen is the starter for the U.S. men's national team. That's what we came away with last window, right? So if that's the case, when you have a player, any player, who all of a sudden is going into the setup of the Premier League, the best league in the world, and not only will he be competing within the best league in the world in that setup, but you're going to be in a team like Arsenal, one of the biggest brands in the sport, it's a win-win. And Matt Turner, he has what it takes to compete. Matt Turner is always asked, has only asked, I should say, to compete. He will work his way up. Will he take Aaron Ramsdale's spot right now? Probably not. But a second, a number two in a setup like that? I spoke to a goalkeeper earlier and he's like, listen, He's one injury away from being a Premier League starter with Arsenal. What if that one injury doesn't come? And what if that one injury doesn't come, Herc? And that's the real question. Because you're right. On the surface, it is crazy to say it's bad news for the U.S. men's national team that one of their players would be linked to a club like Arsenal. It's crazy to say that. But he doesn't operate. He doesn't exist in a vacuum. Let's look at the entirety of the goalie depth chart. This now okay. means Zach Steffen, okay. not a starter. This now means Matt Turner, not a starter. This now means Ethan Horvath, not a starter. Herc, how much further down do we have to go before it becomes an issue that whoa, not, whoa, not whoa, whoa. one American goalie isn't playing every week, that no American goalies are playing every week? You tell me Greg Berhalter's not a little bit worried you about that? You came away from last window and said, Zach Steffen is the starter. Put that to bed. That was put to bed, right? So now you're arguing over a number two. 
being a number two and you're having an issue with that. I happen to think goalkeepers are different. Some <laughs> goalkeepers think they are different. Some goalkeepers think it doesn't matter. Other goalkeepers think, and I had this conversation with the goalkeeper today, that it will affect because decision-making, uh, on-field, all mm -hmm. that stuff, you could only gain with in-game experience. And that sharpness can be lost. It's not a situation like a field player for me, but there are certain variables where I will concede. But mm. I don't think this is an issue. You get him in that type of setup, he could even be a better player for it. Okay. All right. You think you know goalies. I feel like we should get a goalie expert on this show to discuss these American goalies before it's all said and done. We'll work with our, with, our, with our guest bookers uh, on that in just a little bit. Let's move on, though, to some more U.S. men's national team news, Herka, and more transfer news. Brendan Aronson is drawing some very serious interest from the Premier League and Leeds United, who have made yet another bid for the young American. They're trying to lure the 21-year-old away from Red Bull Salzburg, and they're trying to do it this window, Herc. The latest offer, 20 million pounds. I have so many ways to slice this up, right? Wow. Is he ready for the Premier League? <laughs> is Leeds the right fit? Is now the right time? Herc, give me the answers. Is now the right time? Yes, he should leave. Yes, but it's January, so is it the right time for Salzburg? That is the question. I think this is why they've been rejecting the bit. They don't want to let him go in January. And also, Leeds, Red Bull, there is sort of a legal battle going on with the parent club, uh, Leipzig, going on there for uh, old transfer, uh, Kevin, uh, John Agustin, one of the forwards, and, and what went down, the money owed. But that's neither here nor there. That could influence. But this is a player that's done everything right, has done everything right at the club level, at the national team level, at every single opportunity presented to him, he's been clutch. He's been productive, and if the time is right right now, because the last player they let go in January was Erling Collin, and look what happened, I'm all for it. Mm. Uh, let's do some quick translation here. 20 million pounds is around $27 million, Herc. If, if that were to go down, or if in fact Leeds has to up the offer and go even more, he's the second most valuable American on the transfer market behind the one and the only as of right now, Christian Pulisic. So that's pretty lofty Highest company. Transfer. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty lofty uh, company for Brendan Aronson if the move does get made. I love Leeds. I definitely think he's ready for the Premier League. I love the idea of him being managed by Bielsa. Now is the issue, right? Right now, I don't feel like it's the right moment. And on top of what you said about it not being the right moment for Salzburg, here's why it might not be for Aronson as well. That round of 16 Champions League matchup against Bayern Munich. Man, if you're Brendan Aronson and you went to Salzburg and you got through the group phase of Champions League, don't you want your shot in the round of 16 at Bayern Munich? And not just for the opportunity to play, Herc, but for the showcase opportunity, right? That money, and maybe this is what Salzburg's thinking, he plays well against Bayern Munich. Forget Leeds, forget 20 million pounds, maybe we're talking about a bigger club and bigger money. Bigger club, bigger money, and what if he doesn't move before the World Cup? What if he blows up mm -hmm. during the World Cup? Now you're talking about a whole different ball field, but as far as Leeds, Bielsa, I'm not this Bielsa lover. I do like how entertaining the teams are, but the way they play, the way they press teams, the way they have a commitment on both sides of the ball. The way he, uh, offensive players get to shine there, it just seems like an ideal situation for a player like Brendan Aronson in his skill set. Brendan Aronson, then one American winger, another American winger who is also on the move, Paul Areola. And Herc, this one, this one was dramatic, especially the last 48 <laughs> hours. So he was linked to Club America in Mexico. He was also linked to Expansion Charlotte and FC Dallas and Major League Soccer. Some people thought he might stay 
at DC United. But in the end, Ariola traded to FC Dallas for, get this, an MLS record $2 million in general allocation money. Now, before we break this all down, let's hear from Ariola. This is what he said he wanted before the trade went down. Here it is. I won't go into too much detail, but um, you know, this is the most important year of my career. Um, and you know, I'm, you know, like, like most players, always looking for um, you know, the best opportunity and situation to, to be the most successful in. Um, you know, I, have, I still have a great relationship with DC. Uh, I'm still currently a DC United player, so uh, if things were to, to move on, then you know, obviously it, it'll, it'll be mutual. Um, and if not, you know, I'll, I'll be at training camp uh, as soon as camp is over and, and ready to roll. That Herc, of course, before Thursday's reports broke. Interesting this from Stephen Goff, the Washington Post, who was reporting that Ariola had withdrawn interest in going to Club America okay. on Wednesday okay. night and was specifically asking for an MLS destination only. Now, Ariola seemed to refute that in his response uh, to Goff's tweet, which, as you can see right there, he calls <laughs> on the legend that is Nick Young, saying, Saying what? So, Herc, uh, help me out here. What's going on here, and why does it feel like Kellen Acosta 2.0? Ah, it does feel like funny money, right? Let me tell you what I do know. I was one of the guys reporting, I was one of the few reporting what was going on from the Club America side. Club America had initially asked for a loan. That was shot down. Then the talk turned into, well, permanent transfer. But America, when they started, it's like, we need our winger ASAP. That was two weeks ago. That is not ASAP. They kept America lingering around one, two, three, four offers. It didn't get done. America then said, you know what? I'm sorry. We have to pull out. America is now involved in another player transfer. And all of a sudden, we're hearing from Goff and we're hearing from others that it's Arriola who wanted out. The reality is it seems like D.C. United leveraged Club America hmm. to up the price on Charlotte and on Dallas. So we you know, said we they were never going to sell to Club America. I mean, I wouldn't say never because there's all, there are no absolutes when it comes into this sport. But we've covered this here. These clubs aren't incentivized to sell out of house. Not if you can have GAM or, or TAM or this funny money going around and up the price. And this is a record price of GAM, $2 million for Paul Arriola. Uh, it's a situation where if you're asking me, I think they leverage Club America and that's what happened there. I think it's a... It's a bad look for DC United. I think it's a bad look for the league, too, because this is now in the, in the span of a week, Herc, the second player, not just any player, right, the second national team player to come out and basically say, I wanted to leave Major League Soccer, and I couldn't do it. I wasn't allowed to do it. My wishes weren't respected. That's not a good look for the league. That's not the message I think that the league wants to be sending to players who could be viewed at domestically as stars, guys like Paul Areola uh, and Kellen Acasa. I, I don't think it's good for MLS. That's kind of the off-field mm -hmm. part of it, Herc. What about the on-field questions here, though? And those surround Paul Areola and, and what this means for him in a World Cup year, right? Not just what it means for his career in a World Cup year, but specifically if America was actually the better spot for him to be leading up to Qatar. What do you think? I don't know if America's the better spot. I mean, on paper, it's Club America, so... Well, you don't think America's a better spot than FC Dallas? Well, hold on a second. On paper, it looks like a great landing spot, right? It's Club America. Club America is arguably bigger than any club within Major League Soccer. Historically, mm -hmm. in CONCACAF, today, whatever you want. So you could say, be a great fit. 
But I don't know if Santiago Solari really wanted Paula Riola that bad. Mm. I don't know if Paula Riola would have really played a lot in Club America. This is also is in your grandfather's Club America. You don't think, you don't think he would be a, a day-in, day-out starter? Because that's what I'm assuming if they made four offers for a guy and they need goals and he's going to supposedly provide them, he was going to be a starter, Her. Yeah. You don't think so? You don't think Paula Riola is good enough to be a day-in, day-out starter for America? A national team or a U.S. national team starter? Uh, this America and the way they play, I don't think anybody's an out-and-out -out starter. Uh, there's a rotation going on there. There are certainly a lot of things that with the defensive uh, scheme that Solari employs. What I will say is you look at FC Dallas. Well, FC Dallas, new coach, Nico Steves. Nico Steves was with Greg Berhalter in Columbus. He was the number two, or he was one of the assistant coaches, I should say, excuse me, at the U.S. men's national team. He's now the head coach of FC Dallas. He's in a system that plays exactly a 4-3-3 or will play a 4-3-3 like the U.S. men's national team. He's now with a coach who knows him, who will value him, and I assume he's going to get a better deal. I assume all this gam was for something because they see him as an integral piece. And there is no, there is no question mark of his playing time or him playing in FC Dallas. I don't like that, but I think going to Club America wasn't as a sure thing for playing time as people think. Man, but there's, there's no question about where the, the better environment is, right? I mean, Club America's roster compared to FC Dallas' roster. Day yes. in and day out sure. in training, he's going to get better competition. Liga Mekis is better than Major League Soccer. Yeah. So week in and week out, he's going to be getting better competition. Paul is not a young buck. He's, he's not old. 27 he's 26. Yeah, he's, he's 26 right now, right? So this may not be his last shot at a World Cup, but it is his best shot at a World Cup. Okay. Kirk, I, I would have thought that Let me that ask being, you. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Because that's a great point you said. This is his yeah. best shot at a World Cup. So if your national team coach has proven that he's going to give you opportunities with Major League Soccer level competition, mm. Mm. why take the flyer and go out? I'm not saying that's a correct decision for any player, but if the ultimate goal for a player, if the ultimate dream is the World Cup, I mean, this is the second time on this show, and Ricardo Pepe was the other example, where we're telling guys to take the safe route to the World Cup, Herc. Is that, is that how you did it when you went to Puebla? Was that the safe route? <laughs> no, it's, nothing safe about that. It's my only, it's my only child. <laughs> okay, we had some uh, big news today that might affect Paul Ariola and the U.S. men's national team in their upcoming World Cup qualifiers. Of course, we know on January 30th, they will be in Canada. Uh, facing the Canadian national team in Hamilton, Ontario. How about this, Herc? Uh, the game will be played in front of half capacity, 23,000. The attendance capacity at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton, Ontario. So it'll be what, around 12,000 then. Uh, not the home field advantage the Canadians thought they'd have. Yeah, uh, half of 23 is not 12, but it'll be around there, Seb, and that's going to definitely... Uh, 11 and a half, okay. I was rounding up. My bad, my bad. Yeah, so it's going to, honestly, it's going to be of effect to them. It's going to affect them because you saw what it was like in Edmonton with those mm -hmm. crazy fans, the way they pushed against L3. Uh, this is a big, big miss for them, and I understand it, health protocols first, uh, but yeah, you wish it was full. Uh, shout out to our former colleague, Doug McIntyre, who uh, had the first news there on Twitter. Herc, time to run it back, shall we? To the championship. Fulham, 6-2 winners Tuesday over Birmingham City. Anthony Robinson, a goal and an assist. There's uh, a few guys that really won in the first half of World Cup qualifying. Anthony Robinson is one of them. I, I think he cemented himself as the starting left back under Greg Berhalter in the U.S. men's national team. Good to see him scoring goals and getting assists. 
Fulham right now first in the championship. Uh, looks like they're headed back to the Premier League. They have scored 19 goals, Hercules, in their last three matches. And of course, uh, you can catch Fulham in the championship on ESPN+. How about a quick rendition of You Got CONCACAF, Herc? To go from England to Spain. Alaves, 4-0 losers to Real oh, Betis no. on Tuesday. Matt Miazga with a moment he'd rather forget. Ah, it's a tough one. Not only jump for Matt Miazga, but Alaves, they're 18th. They're in the relegation zone, and they're fighting for safety with Elche, Getafe, and Mallorca. Passes like that uh, won't do it. This is, uh, happens to everybody, right? But, oh. <laughs> La Liga, of course, on ESPN. And uh, Alaves and Matt Miazga will be in action. So will Sevilla and Celta de Vigo, as we mentioned, could be Tecatito against Orbelin. What a showdown that would be. Uh, that's coming up on ESPN+. Plus. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Herc, time to debut a new segment here on Football Americas. As you can see there, we are calling it Get Lost in honor of one of my more infamous sideline reporting moments. The idea here is we take a soundbite, and then you and I judge whether the person who said the thing should indeed Get lost. Got it? Simple enough? Sounds simple. Even for you. Even for <laughs> okay. you. All right, so let's, uh, let's start with our get first lost. example of get lost. It comes from Matias Almeida, who had to say this to an Argentine podcast about his time in Major League Soccer and with the San Jose Earthquakes. I'm in a club that, for example, this year I had to take eight players, and now we can reinforce two. <risa> Entonces, estoy en uno de los clubes que menos invierte En la realidad Se invierte solo el presupuesto Que le da la liga eh, Y desde ahí se maneja eh, Para atraer a algún jugador Para mantener a otros Para aumentar contratos Pero no deja de hacerme crecer a mí como entrenador Porque me hace cambiar de sistema Me hace esforzarme para que Los jugadores que dirijo eh, Se completen aún más Como jugadores eh, tengo jugadores de, de muchas partes del mundo, me abre a mí también la cabeza saber que no todos piensan iguales, no todos viven el fútbol de, de una misma manera. Y creo que me voy preparando porque en, en, eh, ya, bueno, este año se me termina el contrato. A partir de, eh, de este momento podría irme a cualquier lugar. Antes tenía una cláusula de salida. All right, Herc. Matias Almeida, making excuses, should he get lost, or is he speaking the truth? He's speaking a little bit of the truth, but he's also making excuses. I mean, Matias Almeida is the guy who brought in Vega. Remember that goalkeeper, the Argentine goalkeeper, who was not very good for San Jose? He also brought in Alanis, big money there. He brought in Carlos Fierro, big money there. So he's also brought in La Chofis, who did well. 
last season. Let's see if he can continue uh, this season. He, he's gotten to play with some money himself. He's gotten to make some decisions himself. And it's the same thing with San Jose. It's the same thing every single year. But he's right. This is one of the worst organizations when it comes to managing in the front office. When it comes to when it comes to uh, doing front office work in Major League Soccer, uh, this is a organization that had Chris Wondolowski, the all-time leading goal scorer in Major League Soccer's history, and let that type of generational talent waste away. So he's right on this. Hmm. Sounds like he's not just complaining about the Quakes. Maybe also a little bit about the the roster limitations of, of Major League Soccer. Do you think we're heading to a breakup here with Matias Almeida? Because that's really what the underlying sentiment seems to be for me. Yeah, he almost seems to be uh, promoting himself at the end, right? Mm. Like, hey, I'm here. I'm free. As of right now, come and get me. It just, it just seems like uh, this is the beginning of the end for San Jose and Matias Almeida. And he'll be no shorter suitors. He's, he's still got that kind of market. Hercules then squarely on the fence whether to tell Matias Almeida to get no, lost I said not. or not. Let's, let's see if I he gets no. off the fence for the next one, okay? <laughs> let's see what, what Luis Romo had you to say. To this, is actually, this is actually not what Luis Romo had to say, but what he had to say about what Victor Manuel Bucetich had to say to him before making the move to Rayados from Cruz Azul. He told me Monterrey is a lot better than any team in Europe. Well except for the big clubs. Okay, so somebody better get lost here. Who's getting lost here? Luis Roma for, for breaking the, the, the secret here and saying what Vucetich said to him, or King Midas, El Rey Midas. Is he the one who should get lost? Ambos, both of them. Romo for, for rompiendo códigos. You don't go filtering and, and talking about what happens behind closed mm. door with ex-coaches or players like that. That's just a bad look. And Vucetich, are you really going to advise a player, an up-and-coming I shouldn't even say young player, but an upcoming player in, in, in Liga MX that it's better to stay in Rayados than to be in Europe? I know what he's trying to say, the big five, because that's what they think. People seem to think that the good brand of football only applies to the big five, the big five leagues, okay? The Premier League, the French League, the Italian League, the Bundesliga, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, things like that. No, 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 no. There is football outside of CONCACAF. There is football outside of Liga MX. There's a lot of football that is better than where Luis Romo is currently. Okay, but is there some truth to what Vucetich says when he says Rayados are better than most European clubs, right? There, there are leagues that Rayados has teams that are better than, sure. right? And, Cyprus, and, and there are teams even in the top sure. five leagues. Gibraltar, are, Montenegro. No, 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 sure. no, 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 don't be disrespectful. No, don't be disrespectful. Let's I'm think about not, it just, you are. Let's, be from, let's think about it from a money standpoint, right? If you go down into the, the lower teams in Spain, France, they're not paying what Rayados are playing. Rayados have huge expenditures. So clearly there are some places, there's some truth to what Vucetich is saying. And let's be honest about a player like Luis Romo. Where would he have been going? He would not have been going to a major so big club, would he have? Spending? So China has a better level than Rayados? I, not, so, I mean, I wouldn't. No, <laughs> because because you, you're making no sense here, Seb. Here's the problem. I know what you're saying, and, and Rayados. So has every a big every single team in Europe is better than Rayados. That's what you're saying. Okay. You're saying there's no truth to what Vucetich says. No, no, okay. no, no, no. Because because he's generalizing. Because that's that's he, he. They don't watch other teams play. He's not watch. Do you think? Do you think a team like Celtic or Rangers is bigger than Rayados? Bigger? I, that's, I don't know bigger. Bigger is a subjective question. You, you, are you asking me better? 
Bigger and better than Rayados. No, I think Rayados would give Celtic or Rangers a game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Come on, man. Come on. You don't. They're playing Champions League, but no. no. Oh, look at you. You've been hanging out with Craig Burley and Steve Nickel way too much. Look at your love for Scottish football. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, so um, before we get to the, the next example of get lost, uh, this is Luis Roma who made a little bit of a blunder, Herc, um, in front of a mic, which, hey, let's be honest, we've all done it before. Here it is. Pero hoy me debo, uh, me debo a Monterrey y, y es lo más importante. Cruz Azul ya está en el pasado, lo disfruté mucho. Pero hoy me debo, uh, me debo a Monterrey y, y es lo más importante. Cruz Azul ya está en el pasado, lo disfruté mucho. Uh-oh, uh-oh, he got caught slipping. Of course, uh, as we mentioned, he makes the move from uh, Cruz Azul to Monterrey. Still clearly has Cruz Azul somewhere there in the, in the back of his mind. It yeah. happened to Bryce Harper when he went from Washington to Philly. Yes, yeah, Las you Vegas played for alumni. like 100 teams. It ever happened to you? Uh, no, man, I get my stuff straight. Yeah. Where's my paycheck coming from? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you do need to know that. Okay, uh, finally here on Get Lost. I can't believe we're doing this. To a kid of all people, Ricardo Pepe, who mm. has some lofty goals for relegation-threatened Augsburg. Here's what he had to say recently. I have a dream. I would love to play for Augsburg in the Champions League. That might sound crazy right now, but it's my goal. Herc, is Pepe lost for thinking Augsburg are... Champions League material, or do you love his ambition? I love the ambition. And this shouldn't really surprise us from Ricardo Pepe. Uh, before he even went to Europe, while he was still in FCD, or FC Dallas, excuse me, he was giving interviews talking about how he wanted to play in the best teams in the world, how he saw himself in Real Madrid, how that was his dream. This comes with it. I love this new generation. Tyler Adams, when we interviewed Tyler Adams a long time ago, spoke about the 2026 World Cup. We want to win it. That's our dream. We want to win it. There are players who get crucified for saying things like this. I love that about this new generation. But a little reality check. Mm -hmm. Osberg right now, 19 points in 19 games. Mm. 15th place. They're in a bit of a fight. 11th through the last place is separated by five points. Or 17th mm. place, excuse me, separated by five points. So it, it's good to say it, but know when to say it. Ooh, a bit of a fight, Herc. A bit of a fight. Right now, they're closer to Bundesliga 2 than they are to the Champions League. So, uh, But you love it. You love it from Ricardo Pepe. Yeah. And you're right. Anybody who is surprised by this quote from Ricardo Pepe literally doesn't know who Ricardo doesn't Pepe is and has not, been, yeah. has not been paying attention to anything he's done uh, in the last few months. All right, then. Uh, so enough of Get Lost. Of course, you can see Ricardo Pepe and FC Augsburg in action exclusively here on ESPN+. Plus. Bundesliga back on your screen Saturday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Augsburg against Bayer Leverkusen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Big news out of the National Women's Soccer League. Herc, Michelle Akers is joining the Orlando Pride as an assistant coach. For those of us uh, that maybe haven't always been following the women's game, quick resume on Michelle Akers. She just won a couple World Cups, <laughs> 1991, 1999, an Olympic gold medal as well in 96. Basically, from when the U.S. entered the international arena for the next 10 years, she was the best player in the world, Herc. So something, nothing, or everything. Michelle Akers joining the Orlando Pride coaching staff. It's everything, but it's the why is it everything? Because it should be a, a no-brainer. She should have been mm. a shoe in Like, why is it taking so long for her to get back into football or have an opportunity in coaching? Well, Caitlin Murray had, had an article on ESPN.com and, and delves in on that, and she says how... She's been dying to come back, but the people who make the decisions haven't really been on board with her mm. coming back, and that is crazy to me. And I know we're going to get into this, uh, and if I could just for a second. It is insane to me that a player of her caliber with that resume couldn't get an opportunity coaching in the NWSL and has to come on because Amanda Cromwell gave her that opportunity, extended that opportunity to her. It wasn't an owner, it wasn't a sporting director saying, I think you would be good. She pretty much came because her friend brought her in. We're talking about one of the all-time best players in women's soccer history. Not national team history, yeah. soccer history. Why is it that last year alone, five men were let go in the NWSL, of, relieved of their coaching duties based off misconduct allegations, mm. and... We've seen men get a chance to go from the club coaching ranks straight into the professional ranks, but here we have an outlier. Here we have like a legit, just elite playing career, all-time best, and can't get that opportunity. Yeah, you think if this resume was in the men's game, like what doors would be swung open? And, and how many years ago, Herc, would those doors have been swung open? This is a great gig, but it's still, it's an assistant job yeah. um, in the NWSL for a player who is an all-time great. And there are examples, others like, you know, a Zidane or, and who have maybe had some previous experience, or even Pep when he became a, a manager, right? right? There was some previous experience. Akers doesn't have that. But look at an example like Andrea Pirlo. You know, Andrea Pirlo had basically no experience, was given the head job at Juventus. Michelle Akers, with an equivalent resume in the women's game, is only now getting this opportunity. The other thing that you mentioned, though, I, I think is critical, which was about the scandals that we heard last year. I think this is everything because of that. Um, in, in, the, in the abuse scandals, especially the sexual abuse scandals that really marred the season for the National Women's Soccer League, it was male coaches, Herc. And while that is down to the behavior of those male coaches, it's also down to the fact that those guys were given opportunities over people with resumes like Michelle Akers. So I'm thrilled that Michelle Akers is in this position. I'm also thrilled that she's filling this position so that guys who have proven in the past that shouldn't be working in the NWSL don't get jobs then in the past, Herc. They have been getting. And that's why Michelle Akers getting this gig is everything and not something or nothing. All right, Herc, one more thing before we get out of here. It is our parting shot on this edition of Football America. Some great news. CONCACAF will finally have VAR. This isn't exactly breaking, right? We've been hearing about this for months. Uh, most importantly, Herc, it will be in place for the qualifiers. Hallelujah! Yeah, I know there are those people who are saying, a lot of people are saying, no, if you didn't start with VAR, you shouldn't have VAR to end with. It doesn't matter if it's only the second half. Listen, 
VAR is a resource for referees. Their job is hard enough to begin mm. with. Give them mm. some help. And also, VAR, if VAR was around last World Cup cycle, there would be no phantom goal, Panama versus Costa Rica. And regardless of how bad the U.S. men's national team played against Trinidad, regardless of what everything else happened, they'd still be on their way to a World Cup. Yeah, and I mean, just think about every instance over the last qualifying windows where we were like, ah, VAR, needed VAR, needed VAR. Trust yeah. me, we will be glad when we have yeah. it for these World Cup qualifiers in 2022. All right, we got to get out of here. But a reminder, Monday show, Matt Turner, exclusive one-on-one -on -one interview with Sam Borden. And I think we may have some news to talk about Turner as well. We'll see if that transfer with Arsenal goes through. Football America is, of course, available to you in podcast form as well. Herc, before we get out of here, what you wearing, dog? The Fossey Football, what you wearing? Ooh, a little Star Wars, dude. Disney Plus, promote the, bland, the brand, right? Is that a goal behind him? Yes, beach soccer. Huh. We don't want to see Chewbacca on the beach.